Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast and a huge welcome back to a friend of mine. I haven't talked to him in a while. Rick Unger back here with us. Um, now, Rick, you're pretty much retired these days. And I, I, I feel I feel guilty dragging you back in. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, Al Pacino <laughs> in that Godfather movie that shall Every never be. Every time I'm out, they pull me back in. <laughs> The only useful line in that entire mess of a movie. Yes. Yeah, that was not a good movie. <laughs> not a good movie, not yeah. at all. So Rick is Rick is uh, Rick is pretty much retired these days, but he still dips his toes into politics. And yeah. uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Rick Unger, Rick Unger was uh, uh, Michael Steele's partner on a, a great radio show. I got a chance to uh, guest um, guest host uh, on a couple of again. And um, Rick was the the voice from, I don't want to say the left. You were the liberal voice. I, the left is a different thing. You were the liberal voice and Michael Steele was a conservative voice. And uh, you know, we've been friends for years now since we met the first time at uh, CPAC. That's right. And, uh, and you know, you we don't agree. handing out leaflets. <laughs> <laughs> or you, you were promoting a book, as I recall. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought maybe we'd met before I started promoting the book. But yeah, I was. Oh. I was. I was uh, there was at least one or two of those that I was I was really pushing the book, and uh, I'm still pushing it there. But uh, that's all right. I don't make any money off of it anymore. I'm just trying. To, I'm trying to recoup Crown Forum's money. <laughs> Do you still go to CPAC? I haven't been since you know I haven't been since the um since the plague. <laughs> I was there in Interesting. 2020. Interesting. I was there in 2020, and uh, I just haven't been back. And uh, part of that is is you know the nature of CPAC kind of changed a little bit. Uh, it was changed then too, yeah, a little bit, and um, and just it didn't seem like the engagement was um, there wasn't enough value in the engagement at that yeah. point to for the you know it's a large cost to go to CPAC. I mean, it people is. Been, may not realize that this thing costs either you or your employer up the wazoo, and we have people in in town who can go to that thing. So it's, it's a very different experience now. I haven't gone in years. Yeah. I, I haven't been in three years. I, you know, it's not that I'll never go back, but I just hasn't really. See, I always, I, in the old days, if you will, I always enjoyed it there. Uh, I was a, a, a liberal <laughs> hanging out You're with one liberal. <laughs> well, that's it. You know I mean? As you know, very well, I don't pick my friends by their politics. Right. And, yeah. and I've always had, always had a good time at CPAC until I didn't. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I, and it, it, I never had a bad time at CPAC. Even the last one I went to, I had fun at. Oh, that's good. There just, it, it was sort of a diminishing returns sort of thing. And it was harder to justify spending all the money on travel to go there for a couple sure. of days, you know, when, again, we've got town hall people in town, they can, they can cover it. You know, they can do the media stuff for it. I, I, I may go back at some point. It's just not going to be, it wasn't this year. Um, Maybe yeah. when it's not the Trump convention any longer, that day will you know come. You know, and that kind of leads us into what we were going to talk about today, right? <laughs> presidential election. So we can, so we can argue with each other and, and throw at each other. You stupid conservative. How's that? You I gotta... miserable liberal, you. <laughs> we got it kicked off. Okay. <laughs> there we go. We covered those bases. Uh, you know, being semi-retired. <laughs> you, you laugh every time you say that. I, I just, I, I, 
I laugh because you're still here. <laughs> um, when you should be playing golf, but uh, but I'm glad you're here doing this. Um, all right, Rick, you know, you're kind of, on, you're not on the outside looking in. I mean, we're all Americans. We're all looking at this. We're all participating in this. But, you know, you're, you're pretty much disconnected from the whole daily commentary sort of thing. Yeah. And I'm kind of curious as to what you see on both parties, right? I mean, we can talk a little, we can talk, certainly talk about the Republican Party. I'm a little interested in what you have to say about where the Democrats are right, right. now. Now, right. I, I, I don't take RFK Jr. seriously at all. I know I have some friends who are going, oh, you know, they're censoring RFK Jr. There should be debates. And this, this, are, are we the same people that made sure that there was no primaries for Donald Trump in 2020? Because I, I don't know. I seem to, re, I seem to recall that. I mean, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's normal you know, for an incumbent president, for a party to protect an incumbent president by not staging debates, sure. right? Sure. But where do you think that that sits? I mean, Biden is a pretty unpopular president, whether you whether you think it's justified or not, he's a pretty unpopular president. Uh, and, you know, you got an economy that is, you know, Biden's out there today defending it, but, you know, inflation is at 40 years, still, you know, it hit 40 year highs, it still hasn't come back down to the 2% level. Right. I mean, do you see him as a as a solid candidate at his age uh, for a second term? Or do you think that Democrats are starting to think about maybe that they need to have a different? Uh, well, I, I, I think I think he's a solid candidate if he's running against Donald Trump. Right. Should somebody else somehow emerge from the Republican field? Um, he's less solid. I think, you know, you just got to be honest and say that. I don't know if DeSantis can beat him or not. Uh, I think he has a better chance than Trump does. But there are some other uh, candidates in there in the Republican field that I think definitely could beat him. And 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 you're right. You know, I, I have to admit that I, I think it's incongruous that he is such an unpopular president, but he is pretty unpopular. And, and I think we all know the reasons for that. It's the age thing. Uh, And and the tendency he has to stumble every time a word comes out of his mouth that gives people pause as to his mental acuity. So I think this is what's doing him in. Uh, It's I think it's unfair, but I think it's real. We still have. Um, and Rick has a lot more hair than I do. He's just demonstrated that on camera. So thank you, thank <laughs> you for pointing that out, Rick. <laughs> oh, how I wish I had that kind you, of you, you like how I timed that to unnerve you just before your next question. Uh, Took the hat off. Oh my gosh. I, the scalp plan. I planned that all week. I, I, I know you did because you're a pro, <laughs> man. You're a pro at this. You know, and, and I think you're right. I think that one of the things that, and this is a reason why Biden's been focusing on, you know, the ultra MAGA as messaging. Right. I mean, it's, you know, it's because he feels that he's uniquely positioned to go up against Donald Trump. And if we still have months to go before we're going to know whether. Honestly, I would, I would quibble with that a bit. I, I don't think that he's uniquely positioned to go up against Donald Trump. I think virtually any Democrat, with the exception of the vice president, could run against Donald Trump and, and beat him. I would say in theory, but in practice, pushing a president off of a ticket is is going to be damaging, especially if that's tough, who, especially if the person who doesn't ascend to the top of the ticket is the is the sitting vice president who was added to that ticket as a sort of a commitment to the 
you know, the progressive diverse future and hasn't worked out very well. Is, is that your fancy way of saying because she was black? Because she's a black woman. I mean, I, I can say it. I can say it fancy. I can say it straight <laughs> up. Because that was what Joe Biden said. I'm going to pick a black woman as my running mate, right? Yeah, I mean, he, exactly. He didn't mince words about it. And, and unfortunately, um, it hasn't gone all that well. Let's just be honest about it. She has not necessarily endeared herself to the American public as our vice president. No, but you know, and, and I, I'm, I've, I've said this almost ever since he made the choice. He should have picked Val Demings because even though I don't like Val Demings' positions, she's a much better politician. She's not, a not only, not only do I agree with you, but I was rather vocal about exactly that back when I was doing my radio show. He yeah. absolutely should have picked Val Demings, and you know you won't be surprised that I agree more than you do with her positions. But right. but she um, she's got what it takes. Yes. she would have been a much better choice. I completely agree. But then I know the vice president. I've known her since California days. She's not a big fan of mine either. I should point out. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine not. I imagine she probably isn't very happy with you. Well, right there's now. there's actually a reason for it. You want to hear the story? Yeah, play it on me, man. And and is obscenity okay on the podcast? Yeah, yeah. You know, we have Kurt Schlichter doing podcasts at Salem. Oh, so okay. I, yeah. I, I figured right. we get the Schlichter rule in place. We're fine. <laughs> okay. So way back when, when she was trying to become the attorney general of California, I was invited to a very small group of people to meet with her. Uh, it took place at eight o'clock in the morning at an attorney's office. So I went and Pamela has, has a tendency to talk a lot and she's going on and on and on. And all of a sudden, you know, you have a lot of people there who need to be at their office by nine and everybody's looking at their watch because it's now 10 after nine. And you know, there's no end in sight. So I raise my hand and I say to her, Kamala, why don't you just say you're going to get up every morning and ask who's fucking the people of California today? <laughs> she didn't find that funny. <laughs> Actually, it's pretty good advice, right? I thought so. And the rest of the room thought it was pretty good, but she was not appreciative. And she's never let me off the hook for it. <laughs> well, that just goes to show you. It should have been Val Demings. Um, yeah, there you go. But uh, all right. So if, let's say, Republicans look like they're going to nominate somebody else, right? And that's not the way it looks at the moment. We can talk, no. we're going to talk about that next. But let's just say it develops that way. Do you think Democrats are going to, well, A, do you think Democrats are going to march up to Joe Biden and say it's time to retire? No. Um, no, I don't think so either. But if they did, who would they pick? Because it's not going to be Kamala Harris. Well, see, that's that's right. And this this all figures into that discussion. There's not like a, a deep bench of Democratic candidates. There's no Barack Obamas hanging out there waiting for the, for the nod. Uh, I think that's part of the the, th the thought process here and why Democrats are just praying that it's going to be Donald Trump. So let me let me disagree with you a little bit here. Okay. I'm not even going to bring up Gavin Newsom. Oh, wait, I just did. But I mean, Gavin, Gavin Newsom's a joke. I mean, he he thinks he's he thinks he's, uh, you know, a, a, 
a compelling candidate. This guy is lucky he's still in office in California, <laughs> let alone anyplace else. No, he's but, lucky he ever got into office. Well, yeah, that too. But I'd say if you're if you're if you're seriously looking for somebody who could compete in a national election, if you're a Democrat, I'll give you three names right off the bat that at least on paper would work. One is Roy Cooper in North Carolina, who who has, you know, again, I'm not endorsing any of these. Yeah. People on the podcast understand this, but Roy Cooper in North Carolina, who has been a moderate Democrat in a in a purple state and who's managed to succeed there doing that. You've got Josh Shapiro, who's new as governor in Pennsylvania, but had, uh, I think, two terms as AG and was basically the the only statewide candidate with any value whatsoever in 2022. Um, and um, and you've got Jared Polis in, in Colorado, who I think would be a reach, but um, but again, you know, arguably slightly purple state that he's been governing, I think, at least fairly efficiently. Um, None of these are black women, though. And, and again, you run into the same problem that came up in 2020, which was that the party really wanted to have some sort of show of diversity. Well, Roy Cooper, Roy Cooper, Roy Cooper, yeah, yeah, uh, doesn't have any national profile whatsoever. True. You're right. He's been a pretty successful governor in North Carolina. I do agree with you. He meets the uh, the test of moderate Democrat, which I think is useful in presidential elections, but he has no national profile. And I think time has gotten a little bit thin uh, in terms of establishing it. If he wanted it, he needed to start a couple of years ago. Uh, Shapiro, I think is an excellent name to include in there. There's only one potential issue. He's Jewish. And we still don't know if this country is ready for a Jewish president. Um, I'm not sure they are, frankly. Maybe not. Maybe so, not. I, I, think Joe would have, I think Joe Lieberman would have been a uh, Joe Lieberman. I don't think now, I don't think he ever could have been president for any number of reasons, uh, not the least of which is, excuse me, aside from being Jewish, he represented the uh, insurance industry, and and boy, would uh, the Republicans have had fun with that. That's true. That's true. So I don't know that he could be, and and you know Gavin Newsom. He couldn't survive a presidential campaign. If you know as much about Gavin Newsom as I know, then you know that he would be, I mean, even in the era of Donald Trump and his rather checkered past, Gavin Newsom would not last. No, no. And again, he might be able to, well, I mean, if you got him up against Donald Trump, maybe, but I, I even think even then it, it's a, it would be a, a tough, a, a tough role. Yeah, what about Jared I mean, Polis? Who? Jared Polis. You know, to be honest, I don't know enough about him, but which again raises the question of national profile. Well, um, I'm not sure that America's ready for a gay president either. Is he gay? Yes, he's gay. I didn't even know that. So. Yeah, he's 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 out. He's gay, and that was part of the campaign in Colorado. And, and I use Jared Polis. As, as an example of a, of a governor, somebody outside the beltway, right? Right. I don't see anybody in the Senate who could do this. And Democrat Well, we have a, the, the one person I think you need to throw into the conversation is our uh, Secretary of Transportation. <laughs> but as you say, you don't think America's ready for a gay president. I'm not 
not, I'm not sure they're ready for, I'm not sure they're ready for a president, uh, ready for somebody as president who was a total failure at department of transportation. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a cushy gig. And this yeah, guy, I, I, I don't know that I agree. He was a total failure. I wouldn't say he was a raging success, but then again, there's not a lot to, uh, to judge people sure. who run the department of transportation. Uh, I think he's an attractive candidate if, and it's a big if, if we are ready to elect a gay president. Honestly, I think we're we're probably more likely to elect a gay president before we elect a Jewish president. That's interesting. That's interesting. I, I would have gone the other way around, but yeah. Um, um, but I think if you're going to elect, I, I think if you have a major party, a, a major party candidate who's gay, it would, Polis would be the better choice over Buttigieg. Could be, could be. Polis actually has a track record of, of you know some accomplishment and governance and so you know not not as mayor but actually as a governor of the right. state all right so i gotta let you have some fun here I, i've been <laughs> i've been making you talk about democrats this entire time now it's time to talk about republicans <laughs> what are your thoughts on the primary in the in the gop i'm gonna start out positive oh okay. i'm a, i am a big fan of will hurt <laughs> okay <laughs> I would vote. I like him as a representative. I like him as a representative. I, I will say I, that. I would vote for Will Hurd. I would vote for a Republican if it's Will Hurd. I got to know him, and I don't think I've known a more principled politician in my life. Will is a straight-up guy, very smart, CIA history. Um, mm -hmm. I, I can't believe I'm sitting here on your program making a pitch for a Republican candidate, but I am a big fan of his. I really am. And, and and a CIA guy to boot. I can't believe yeah. you're saying that you're going to vote for a CIA guy. But he yeah. is a he's a straight up guy. I I'm telling you. And I, out of all the members of Congress I've gotten to know over the years doing what I did for a living, there's nobody. Maybe there's a couple others, but uh, I always thought he was a special guy. Well, that being said, will hurt bother me. He was a Republican. <laughs> well, there's some Republicans that he's a Republican too. I Although I, 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 like, I, I do like, well, excuse me, I like him in in Congress, not necessarily as as a presidential candidate, but I did like him in Congress. Um, and um, beyond the Will Hurd thing, because I don't think, I, I mean, it's possible anybody can catch fire, so I don't want to say it right. isn't going to happen. We're well, still none the of the others are. I mean, DeSantis. I think he already caught fire and burnt out. Um, and I don't think that DeSantis is, is who Americans want. I mean, I think he's gone a little too, well, a lot too far uh, in Florida. And I think Americans are, are aware of that. He, I think he scares he won, he people. By, he just won by 19 points in Florida. I know. That's Florida. I don't think that you, he could do the same in Ohio. He'd win in Ohio, but I don't think he'd win by 19 points. Um, I, I just don't know if, if he, if he's, you know, he's terrible at retail politics. That's number one. And that's not a good thing. Say what you will about Donald wait, Trump. Wait, wait, he was wait, pretty wait. good at that. No, I, I completely disagree with you on this. Donald Trump was good at rallies. Yes. Santos is actually building a retail politicking thing, which I find fascinating because it was the subject of my book, but, um, but how do you win 19? How do you win by 19 points in Florida without being able to do retail politicking? I mean, run, run against a candidate that nobody has any interest in whatsoever, 
who's running as a Democrat, but when he was their governor, he was a Republican. That's how you win by what, 18 points. What, the, what were the Democrats thinking and nominating? I mean, it was either him or Nikki Fried. And both, well, in both cases, I was like, what are you guys thinking? There's got to be another. Val Demings would have been a better candidate. I, I agree with you. And, Nevertheless, and Nikki Fried Nikki Fried would have lost, but she would not have lost by 18 points. No, no, I think you're right about that. I think it would have been closer with Nikki Fried. Charlie yeah. was a disaster. Um, but, um, but, I mean, Val Demings lost by 15, but a lot of that had to do with Again, Ron DeSantis yes, it did. turning Florida red. Um, so I don't think she would have won anyway. I think she, it would have been like an eight or nine point race because um, Rubio's popular in Florida anyway. Right. And I think Val Demings was really just doing the Democratic Party a big solid. Basically. By no, up. You've, you've got it right. You've got it exactly right. I mean, Rubio was not going to lose to any Democrat, as right. you correctly point out. He's very popular in Florida. Um, and and the 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 extent of the defeat was really all about Charlie Crist. Again, not that DeSantis would have lost. He wouldn't have. He would have won pretty much no matter who he ran against. But it would not have been that kind of a shellacking. No, no. All right. So you're not impressed by DeSantis. What no. about Tim Scott? Actually, and, I'm a lot. Tim Scott's another one who I like. Yeah. Tim Scott's another straight up guy. Um, amazing. All these straight up guys are Republicans. Uh, I, I, I have major disagreement with Tim Scott on policy, but as a person, and it matters, ca character does matter when you're running for president. Uh, Tim Scott's probably the, the, the best of the bunch. What I like about Tim Scott is this, is that, um, he is the most inspirational on the stump he is the the most um optimistic right it's 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 um the type of uplifting sort of campaign that you really hope everybody's going is is, is able to run but so few actually are yeah but those and, days are over for now tim scott is a phenomenal candidate for a bygone era now that may it may come back again someday who knows but for right now you know you know, it used to be to run for president, you had to be talking about the future. You had to have an optimistic perspective. That was like like a baseline requirement. But not not now. So, all right, now now I, I'm gonna I'm gonna offer you a this is this is a this is a stumper. Are you ready for this one? I don't know. All right, this is a stumper. This is my trick question of the day. What possible argument is there for a Mike Pence candidacy in the 2024 primary? It's not a stumper at all. There is none. Thank you. <laughs> now, you know, Mike Pence, though, he's another interesting character to me. Because, again, while, while I disagree with Mike Pence about what time it is, he, he was somebody who I always used to look at and go, you know what? He's a stand-up guy. He's more religious than I am, and so that's okay. And I think I think on January sixth, I mean, I think he kind of demonstrated. Well, and he showed it. I agree. Those intervening years were were ghastly, were ghastly, where he was Trump's poodle, and I used to always think, why is he doing this to himself? Uh, the other thing that drives me crazy about Mike Pence, and if for no other reason, I couldn't vote for him because I couldn't live with a president who every time he opened his mouth, he sounded like a preacher. 
Well, that was Ted Cruz, right? In well, well, you know, right? Ted Cruz, though, it doesn't, you know, as the sound hits your ear, it doesn't sound like it because you know what a scumbag he really is. I don't think Mike Pence is a scumbag. I really don't. I think he's a decent human being. I do, too. I do, too. I like Mike Pence. I've met him several times. He's he's a very personable, engaging, and I think very sincere guy. I think he is a straight up conservative. He, he acts on his um, he acts on his. See, I would have agreed. With, I would have agreed with everything you just said before the Trump years, because I think he really did himself harm. It was not sincere to have Donald Trump put his drink down on the floor. Mike Pence did it, too. That's not sincerity. That's 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 uh, I don't know what to call it, but it was really freaking weird. Well, and that's the problem with him running in this cycle. If Donald Trump wasn't running, it might make a little bit more sense. We've got continuity from the Trump years. We're going to continue the Trump policies. But anybody who wants continuity with the Trump years, well, Trump's there. You can vote for Trump. Right. And if you're not going to exactly. vote for Trump, you're you're pretty much saying we want to change. And Mike Pence is not a change. It's the reason why Mike Pompeo got out, I think, is the reason why Mike Pompeo got out. It was very clear he wanted to jump in. He had just released that book. He'd lost a bunch of weight. You know, he was really preparing to jump in. And at the last minute, he did a, you know, a Yevgeny Prigogin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to just Boy, there's a There's a new addition to the English language. He did it. You gave me Prigogin. <laughs> yeah, see, he has another problem. Nobody likes him. Yeah. Even the Trump people don't like him. Well, it, 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 the Trump people don't like him because he was still kind of his own guy to a certain extent. That's and they, could, they couldn't afford to get rid of him at that point in time because yeah. and they he were wasn't afraid to send his secretary to the cleaners, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you know. or have his wife send them to the, I mean, <laughs> He he was running that department like uh, like a, a fiefdom. Yeah, well, you know, there was that too. But I mean, he had the same problem, right? Which is that he represented a return to the Trump years and Trump's running. So what's, right. why would you vote for Pompeo? And he was smart enough to realize it. That's, that's he, the he's, he's the one, <clears throat> if Donald Trump should leave the race for any number of reasons, that's who's going to jump in and try and claim the, the Trump mantle. I think that I think that the money's going to line up behind DeSantis. And I think you're wrong about DeSantis. I think DeSantis is got, is building a retail politicking organization. Maybe. You know, when you're when you're that nasty, it's really hard to hide it when you're out on the campaign trail. And he's a nasty guy. He is not a nice guy. Oh, this is where we're going to disagree. We're going to go. We're going to battle. I don't think he's, he's a nasty guy. I do. I think he is a nasty, nasty guy. All right. Well, Rick, you know, we're, we're kind of out of time. <laughs> oh, no. We just started but, trashing DeSantis. How can we be out of time? I haven't even let you trash Trump. So this is going to be my last question for well, you. Well, everybody does that. Okay, well, that's true. But <laughs> do you think Trump actually makes it to the primaries? I mean, he's got a criminal, he's got a criminal case that is going to start in December, apparently, yeah. at least the Department of Justice. Um, he's got potential charges that are going to be coming at him in July out of Georgia regarding, right. you know, the election interference allegations from the grand jury uh, in Fulton County. He's got the thing up in New York, which I think is, you know, a BS case, but, but not the one, not the one that Jack Smith filed. That's not a BS right. case. He's, he's in real serious criminal trouble there. Um, 
And he's making it worse by going on television and talking about it, which Do is you just... you think so? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that he actually makes it to... I do. I'm not sure he does. I'll tell you why I do. In this country, we have something called the appellate system, which well, means that after Donald Trump gets beat on these initial indictments, and he will, he'll appeal it. He'll appeal it. And those appeals will take a very long time, certainly through election season of next year. So he will stay in the primaries. Uh, he'll continue to get bumps with the Trump base which okay. means that he will win the primaries. So I you're think he can, he's win. I think he will, yeah. I mean, I think what takes Trump out is a health thing. And I don't wish that on anybody, even right, Donald Trump. Not, yeah. But I think that, I mean, imagine being his age and in the shape he's in and dealing with these kinds of stress factors. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, I, I think he kind of thrives on the stress, though. I, well, I think he's personality type i think he's i think he thrives on it. it's the reason why he likes the chaos is because he it's... may but i would be willing to bet you his heart doesn't yeah i you know and he's he'll be 78 yes so not yeah. a youngster not a youngster not at all a youngster so so no i all think right. he'll make it through the primaries all right and you think he's gonna win i think he's gonna win the primaries if he's healthy i don't, don't think he'll win a general election I, I, I tend to agree with you on the general election thing. Um, Do you think he'll, he'll win the primaries? I am not sure. You know, you take a look at polling right now, and it certainly looks that way. Even state-level polling looks that way. And it's very early, and, you know, people have not really – I mean, people are committed to, you know, concepts more than they are. Well, I think people are I, – I think that's generally true, to be sure. But when it comes to Donald Trump, they're committed to him. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm not sure that you can peel off enough of those voters for somebody else to take the nomination unless it comes down to a two-person race Maybe. and it hasn't, right? Maybe. Doug Burgum, Doug Burgum was talking yesterday about how, well, you know, it's it's a good thing for, to have all sorts of choices in, in, a, in a primary, which I normally agree with. <laughs> Personally, I think Donald Trump is paying each and every one of those candidates and there's an offer out there to anybody who would also like to join in. I don't know, man. I'm feeling the I'm feeling the Asa excitement, the Asa Hutchinson excitement. Asa with an exclamation. I point. think I think there's a check sitting out there for you. <laughs> I'd take it. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to run though. <laughs> I, no, I'd take it. I, I I do the Fred Thompson thing. Just say, hey, I'm just gonna be out on my front porch. <laughs> if you want to talk to me, come see me. <laughs> Poor right, Fred we Thompson. Our, we're kind of out of time here, man. I'm just having so much fun. Dude, we gotta, just got started. Oh, we got to do it again. That's all. That's, yeah. all, that's all that means. We got to do it again. So there you go. Uh, I know that you're retired and living the high life, man. But is there <laughs> are there is there a link that people can uh, can no. go? See no. no. There you go. No. Rick knows how to. I'm still I'm still on Facebook, and I'm still on Twitter. But that's it. Well, Twitter, at Rick Unger, right? Yep, U-N-G-A-R. U-N-G-A-R, Rick Unger. Ungar. And I don't check it very often, I have to be honest. Well, there you go. That's because you're retired and you're smart. Yes. <laughs> All right, Rick. Hey, by I, the I, way, I, by the way, I'm not trying to hold you over time, but I enjoyed the time they gave you on Morning Joe the other day. Oh, yeah, and thank you very much for, um, for flying. You were a, you were a feature. Yeah, you know, in, in 
you know, I know that I don't agree with Joe and Mika a lot, but I can tell you that they're they're gracious. Yes. Um, I, 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 you don't, I don't need to tell you that. You know that already. But I can tell people who are watching this, uh, Joe and Mika are very gracious people. Uh, I enjoyed every single interaction I've ever had with them. They've had me on their set a couple of times. Um, when I was plugging my book, they were kind enough to let me do it twice, which is pretty unusual. Um, so even when I disagree with them, I, 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 I see they're, they're okay with that. They're like me. It's all right. They know you're a good guy. Therefore you're going to be welcomed on their show. And, and look, if I was inclined to ever leave my house again, (laughs) I might go back to New York and and try to get on the set again, but uh, I can totally relate to that sentiment. I, I am not as ambitious as I used to be. I, I got here in Texas. It's like, you know, I kind of like this. This is it's amazing all right. how that happens, isn't it? Amazing. It is amazing. You know, when, when it's when it's minus 30 outside, you're thinking, where can I go to? So, I- <laughs> <laughs> And you're still a punk kid. You've got to be ambitious for a little while longer. Jeez, I'm 60 years old, man. I'm not yeah, that much you got, of a punk. You got today. lots of time to go. <laughs> All right, Rick Unger, at Rick Unger on Twitter and at the golf course every place. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. Dude. I had a blast. And we got to do this. We got to do this Great. on a more regular basis. Absolutely. Great to hang with you. My love to your better half. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Sounds good. Thank you, sir. <laughs>